Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Bit Effect. Today is hopefully, oh god, please, the finale of our Bloodborne trilogy. Uh, Craig, play some more music. At this point, we're probably running out. And on part three of this hunt, it seems we have lost ourselves a hunter. There's been some connection problems, or maybe he didn't put his sign down. We ran out of insight. I don't know. <laughs> but either way, the only person joining me for part three of this is Craig. Hello. How, how are you? Hi. I feel a lot better. Anyone that's listening to these episodes back to back will notice a decline in quality from me because I was falling asleep. <laughs> because I didn't know we were going to record for four hours. <laughs> Just, uh, yeah, you see, listener, whether you're recording with Craig or you're just talking with Craig, when he hits that low battery warning, it is a 75% drop in everything. Energy, <laughs> conversation, game playability, just boom! Yep. And he just, so, uh, yes, towards the end we were getting super tired and that's when we decided, okay, we're going we're gonna to cut this into three. Yeah. So, uh, our, our apologies... And uh, let us move on, uh, recognizing the mistakes of the past. So, Craig. Yes. We're here to talk about the DLC. Yes, we are. DLC's exciting. The old it? hunters. The old hunters. So, probably the best way to do this is just crack right in, right? Like, yeah. Let's just keep this going. Okay, so, the first area of... The DLC is kind of a nightmare, like the Nightmare Mensis version of the Cathedral Ward. Um, you were completely new to the DLC this time, so what was your first thoughts? How did you feel about this before Horsey Boy? Um, I, I came into it and I was looking about and I was like, I, I really like it. I like how it's, it's like an overgrown, um, derelict, you know, sand dunes buildings falling down cathedral world so I love the original cathedral world and pulling it into this kind of like it felt like after fallout this was what happened when fallout happened was you know the cathedral worlds just got humped um that then the first enemy I met was one of those huntery foe hunters not a real hunter just running about with a hat and a you know like a threaded cane or something and I got my ass yeah. handed to me on a plate because, because the first hunter kills two of the you know like the wee doggy things and I thought oh great a friend so I just walked I just, <laughs> oh, just, just walk up no, no they, they just want to kill everyone um, so yeah first impressions really good I was really excited to start it and I, like I know now when you say oh, I'm saving the DLC for something you know just sort of I've got something in the future I, f I know now how you feel because if it, it's short, it was it's like what eight hours or something like that. But I felt like if we weren't doing it for the show, I would have put it down and put it away, and maybe next year did another playthrough and did DLC then. Yeah, whenever you're ready to break that glass and go, okay, this is the last time I'm playing it. That's when I tend to do DLC. Yeah. Um, funnily enough. Bloodborne is the only Souls game now that I've done all the DLC. There's a couple of them where I have got to the final boss, I have got him down to like a slivers worth of health, and then just stood there and went, kill me! <laughs> and then, ah, uh, just let him kill me. Because, well, I'm not ready to put this away yet, what are you, nuts? Yeah. So Bloodborne is my first officially 100%ed game 
in that regard. Wow. Except for Lawrence, who I forgot to kill this time, and... That gives you an excuse to mm. play it again. It does. Now, um, one of the tricky things is, when will you do the, this DLC? Because this isn't like a, it opens towards the end of the game. This very yeah. much opens in the beginning. So where were you in the game when you decided to start doing um, it? I was... I The first time I attempted it, it was in, like, New Game Plus 3 or something ridiculous like that. And I just I blitzed my way through the entire game, killed Amelia, immediately turned around, went left, and went straight into the DLC, and then realised reasonably quickly I felt quite under leveled or something. You know, like it's just it's a ramp up yeah. in difficulty in the general mobs and the bosses. So I then played through to roughly like actually the Nightmare Amensis. So I played through to there. Oh, okay. And then went back and did the DLC, and then went back and finished the game. Yeah, and and the only the only problem I have with the DLC as a whole is it does seem uneven. Like some bosses are way more difficult than other bosses. <laughs> so like I'll come uh, most times I'll come here after um what's it called uh, Shadows of Yarnum, and oh, I'm yeah. like okay I'm gonna take out the first boss, get my favorite weapon, and you know things like that. Or if I want to do a lot of suicide runs like I did this time, I'll go in there. Um, lots of blood, mm-hmm. uh, lots of blood, um, arguably, I think the secret best blood farming, blood vial farming place is in here. Like, uh, do you know, after you hit the first shortcut that opens back to the beginning and you talk to that dude who's on yeah, like, uh, yeah, your secret yeah. of secrets, there's that one like bloody skeleton guy that's banging on the gate. Yes. Every time you kill him, he gives you five blood vials, so you can just pop out of there, bloop, kill him, and then walk back, and then pop out. So, uh, yeah, I, um, old blood vial Steve, I, I killed him <laughs> quite a bit this time. I would say uh, only the only new enemies of note are those hunter guys, and even then they're not, like, super of note because they're just kind of a variety on hunter. Yeah. The weapons, though, right out of the gate, which is very nice. It's, it's very cool. And you're, you're the right, they're not, it's not like a, you know, like a key hunter fight, like, you know, Crow Lady was, or like Gascoigne. It's not like that. It's just, they've got a normal move set. It, it just took me by surprise. They got surprise. some teeth on them. Mm-hmm. Like like the the red one with the boom hammer, the red-eyed mm-hmm. one with the boom hammer, he knocked me out once or twice. He, he's got some teeth on him. Um, other than that, I would say it's about time for us to talk about old Horsey Boy. Yeah, poor Horsey Boy. Um, and Horsey Boy, otherwise known as Ludwig the Accursed Blade, and then halfway through the fight his name mm-hmm. changes, uh, when he decides to whip out a whopping big sword, which, uh, a little bit of trivia for you, that sword appears in almost every FromSoft game as well, it's kind of like cat patches. Oh, really? Yeah, the, uh, the Moonlight Blade, yep, it appears mm-hmm. in everything from Armored Core to Souls to Kingsfield to, to everything. There's always a Moonlight Blade. Uh, so, this boss, depending on who you talk to, is either the worst boss or a really fun boss. How did you get along with Ludwig? Um, worst boss for me, by far. Really? Uh, yeah, but it wasn't like it wasn't a mechanics thing. It doesn't do a lot. He, 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 you know, like he crawls about the place, he shouts. You can smack him in the head and visceral him, all that kind of stuff. And he's got, you know, like he spews arcane stuff in his next phase and all that kind of side of things. But Mm -hmm. the problem I had with it was in those first two phases, my camera was going absolutely mental. I wasn't locked on to him, but it kept on popping out to like this third person view from about four miles away. And I was 
I was really just generally struggling with the space I was in and the size of him. So when he gets to his third phase and stands up, it was that was like a sigh of relief because he then became this great big thing. I could just hit in the Achilles heel, <laughs> just, just keep on hitting him and running away. Um, yeah, it seems like the camera, like because there's there's bone piles everywhere. Yeah, it seems like yeah. the camera hits one of those and whoa, yeah. goes nuts. It, um, it, I want. Oh, sorry, stroke. All, all I was going to uh, say, well, I, uh, so yeah, after that, I got him down, but I was, next to Gascoigne, he was the, like, like the only person I took more than two attempts to do. <laughs> he's an really? Abs- yeah, he's absolute, I think I was five or six goes before I finally got it, and when I got it, it felt like the easy, you know, like, sometimes something just clicks, and it felt like oh, the yeah. e- easiest fight in the world. <laughs> Ah, oh, see, um, in every boss of the DLC, other than oh, Lawrence, which I forgot to hit mm-hmm. this time, um, I one shot everybody. Like, like I don't have too much trouble with the DLC bosses. Yeah. Granted, that also depends on when you come here. Like, yeah. like we said, um, I don't have too much trouble with. I, I definitely do better in the first phase than the second phase. There's something about the hit boxes when he does like that X slash yeah. and leaves that trail. There's something about those that always seem to catch me on like just the edge, mm-hmm. but at this point, I, it wasn't hitting me too awful hard. And other than the jump where he jumps up and then just slams down the air, it's a bit yeah. of a pain in the ass. Um, I do want to say I really like his design. He's like one of my more favorite designs, yeah, especially in the DLC. Yeah. Um, I, I um I forgot the you know he has two heads. He's got like the horse face and then the other like side head. Uh huh. Did you see the inside of the Sinehead's mouth? Oddly enough, I, I, like, I can't remember what it is, but I do remember noting something in my brain. Because at this point, when I was fighting this, Reese was watching. Reese really enjoyed watching me play it. But at this point, he had to put, he pulled his blanket over his head and he was like, Kill him! <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, the inside, the soft palate... Of the mouth is eyes, and then yes. the teeth are eyes, and it's like whoa, whoa. Yeah. Um. So, uh, Ludwig, big fan of eyes on the inside. Uh, very cool design. Like, like I would say this is more successful than the one reborn, which is kind of along the same lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his stupid little vestigial legs that managed to kick me and knock me out of a combo every time. <laughs> I like those. Uh, so, uh, what's special about him is after you kill him. Uh, his head is on the ground, and it's still talking. And you get to listen to a man do his damnedest to make horsey noises. Mm-hmm. Did you talk to his head? I did. I spoke to his head. Um, I, I, I think there's an option to agree or disagree to do something, and I agreed to do so. I, th- I think he was like, oh, you know, I'm the, I was the original hunter, and this is me now, and you need to go and do this, that, that. And I was like, yeah, fine, whatever, mate. And he gives you the sword. I think... I think not, like, not, not even close. Was, was that not? <laughs> uh, what was it? What was in it? terms of the question, so so what he asks is: Is the church still like an upstanding good oh, institution? Of course, yeah, you're totally right. He does do that. <laughs> and if you say yes, he'll be like, "Well, then here I have my sword." I said no. Watched him freak out and then stabbed his head repeatedly. Yeah. Um. Until he died. So that was the end of Ludwig. So once Ludwig is down, uh-huh. um, you can you can roll around in the soup if you'd like. It's a little bit of fun to roll around in the, soup, the blood soup. Ugh. But uh, instead, we will make our way through this little mini catacomb where we get to hear 
inmates, uh, prisoners, uh-huh. uh, saying, woe is me, and you meet a cool guy through a door that's all like, do you hear the bells? And if you say the wrong thing, he will invade you up to four times in this DLC. Mm-hmm. This guy is an asshole. But we're not going to worry about him. Instead, we're going to go through the doors into what is arguably looks like almost a military hospital to me. Yeah. Like you have you have like those four beds and you have the two nuns would be my guess. Um, supposedly, and here's a fun little fan theory for you. Supposedly, the one that is praying is Vicar Amelia because right now we're in the past. Oh. Uh, because she's praying the exact same prayer Victor Amelia does before you stab her in the face. Okay. So that's a fun little fan theory. Um, there's some tricky things you can do with the elevator. Like, like I take it you found it since you fought Lawrence. Yeah, yeah. You, you go on the elevator, off the elevator. There's another elevator and you go on that elevator and off another wee platform. And, it, and yeah, it's, it's just kind of fun. I like things like that. Um, should we talk about Lawrence now? Since we just got the key to waking him up because yeah. uh, it's super cool you walk in there and you get an item from him and the whole time you're giving him the old stink eye of like all right okay so when i take that item you're gonna pop up right and he just sits there and it's like nah no you're good so you back out of the room never taking your eyes off of him uh-huh. because he's gonna pop up uh you come down here you get an item and sorry if i'm being vague but i want to kind of keep it yeah yeah that's that. That's fair enough. And Lauren, because because while the bosses, I think, are the highlight, um, putting together the story yourself is also a highlight. Like I said, you're you're in the past, so you're seeing the reason for what mm-hmm. happened in Bloodborne. So, um, this fight. Yes. I don't like this fight. Um, I don't like it very much at all. Yeah, I, I'm not too keen. I didn't mind his first phase was... You know, like this was Reese back in. I think I'm. I don't know what his official nickname is, but Reese called him Fire Puppy because he's just a big, fiery dog. And I, it's the kind of boss fight that I get got on well with. You know, you just run about, twat him in the legs, dodge well, that kind of thing. I really disliked his second phase where you slice him in half and he's kind of crawling about the place, leaving pools of lava. I did not appreciate that at all. <laughs> Oh, so so like area of denial is your Achilles heel. Yeah, I, I definitely because I am constantly moving, constantly dodging. I'm, con- you know, like that's that's my playstyle for the entire game. And this was the first time I really fi- like um, what you call it, blood starved beasts spews poison at you, but that is very directional. You you just need to dodge it. Whereas, or, you know, like, it explodes and you have to get out of an area. This felt like cordoning off places and still be having to be quite aggressive in that and i don't i i it was my least fa- so it was my second least favorite thing of the dlc yes so the dlc doesn't have a really strong batting average for you then um no not at the moment the fuck the, the boss I, I did lawrence last and it was that was just a like honestly a tick box i'm gonna do this because okay. i want that oh, okay. trophy yeah um, yeah, so there's two, only two bosses in this entire DLC. I think I actually really liked. <laughs> yeah, that, that's got kind of fifty fifty. Um, I like I like most of them. I think Lawrence is the only one I dislike, but I dislike the first phase of it, not the second. I think the second phase when uh, 
let's just say you take away some of his ambulatory options. Uh-huh. Um, I, I really like that part because that's super surprising because you're just like, whoa. Um, it, this reminds me of uh, other bosses in the series. So for me, like this kind of area denial, like even the Watchdog, the Watchdog of the Old Lords, Old Gods, whichever he is, yeah. uh, does the same thing when he does that puke. Mm-hmm. So for me, this isn't a huge deal because he's kind of big enough to hit. Yeah. Although, yeah, I can see how your mileage will vary for sure. Yeah. Um, anyway. Uh, so as a nice turn of events, our, our resident bell managed to pick up Mike. So Mike is here to join us for the rest of the DLC. Thank you. Mike. Thank you. Yep, I'm here. Uh, let the let the hunting commence. All right, so we just hit the research hall, mm-hmm. uh, and we haven't discussed the area yet with the big blobby heads. Uh, what do you guys think of this area? I personally think this is the worst area in Bloodborne. I hate this area. Uh, I think you've got some ferocious enemies here, and these really did kick my head in, especially at the huge volume of them running up and down those stairs of that first section. It was an absolute nightmare. Um, yeah, I I don't know. It makes me think of those Final Fantasy bits where you have to get up to the rafters in somewhere and do something. And I was like, don't know if this fits. <laughs> you know, it's a bit odd. A little bit odd. What do you think, Craig? Um, I, I didn't mind it, but I, by this point in the DLC... Uh, I was mostly running through... I wasn't bothering hoovering up anything. I would pick up the odd shiny thing if I saw it. But I spent a lot of time just kind of running through... I was I was on a um, a boss frenzy. Just want... Just, like, I want to kill the boss. Because I knew about the Orphan of Cause. Like, supposed to be pretty decent fight. So I wanted to see that. Um, so I, I kind of sprinted. I would actually argue that the later... Area, you know the wood, the boat town. I I don't like oh, that. fishing hamlet. Yeah, I don't like the fishing hamlet all that much, to be honest. <laughs> oh, yet again, we are diametrically opposed, buddy. Um, did anybody else find this confusing? Of like, you need to take this staircase, but jump off at this point to hit floor three. But if you take the staircase all the way up, you can get to floor five and then come down to floor two. Like, oh. like it's that interweaving thing that I have a problem yeah. with. I I didn't mind it because it just felt like, you know, the staircases were obviously like odd numbered and even numbered. There's wee nooks and crannies to find your way through. There's sensible shortcuts with the lifts straight off the start. And the lever at the top when it shifts I quite like that it shift all the staircases up. So you can then re explore the other the odd floors of this place. I I kinda liked it. It was like a big working puzzle type thing. Oh, it well, reminded but... me too much of a Zelda water temple. And I was like, oh, it just, it just, because I was hoovering everything up because uh, there's some special magic-y stuff here. And it's like, oh, I gotta do this thing and get to there. Um, did anybody deal with the uh, the people on the beds or the big blobby heads that talk to you? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I spoke to the one on the first floor. I did give him the item. Um, and I proceeded to go through destroying rooms and rooms of bodies. <laughs> I didn't care. I wasn't, you know, after that first the first little scuffle with him, I thought, I'm not giving him a chance ever. So, uh, yeah. But, but the weird thing is, I still don't understand why there's three of them which run at a rapid pace near the end. Don't know what that's about. Well, th- <laughs> they just appear out of nowhere. Slightly mad. S- slightly, slightly mad. 
Um, did anybody finish the quest line to get the broccoli head? No, I really, I because I've seen it in a video. I was like, I wish is that isn't the blood as or the the brain stuff that you give the woman? Is it? Is it something else? Yeah, uh, um, you know, you know the one that's up on top of the staircases that's just ahead, that's just kind of a sack. Uh, it's doing stuff for her. Uh, we'll get you the broccoli head. I'm pretty sure that, yeah, I think it's her. I don't think it's the lady sitting in the chair. I'm sorry, no. I'm a little bit fuzzy. Yeah. But um, I didn't do it this run. I have done it before. A broccoli head is a cool head. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it can do some things with certain weapons where it uh, it interacts with certain weapons, which is pretty cool. So I would say use a guide to get it because obviously from you guys, you're not stumbling across it. It's it's something that you very much have to do. Um so so we'll make our way to the top of these stupid stairs past all the acid exploding bookcases that get me every single time. <laughs> oh yeah. They're a nightmare. I kept bumping into them and thinking, what is going on? What is it? And it's just if you run close to them, isn't it? No, nope, there's there's a floor latch yeah, that's there's... like two steps before it. Oh it's a big pile. Right. Yeah, that makes sense then. I'd I, I missed. I kept wondering every what was going on. <laughs> and by missed, I mean I stepped on uh, every yeah, single yeah, one yeah. of them. I, I missed them. Um, so we go upstairs to this really cool garden area, mm-hmm. and we get to fight the living failures, which I think mm. uh, is the boss boss. Uh, well, first off, uh, oh no, 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 no. <laughs> um, Mike, why don't you explain the living failures, and then we'll talk about it. Uh, yeah, so the Living Failures are a group of sort of larger versions of the um, Celestial Emissary sort of enemies. And they come into it and kind of... Uh, yeah, they're just big hulking things which sort of jump, you know, attack straight down on you. And um, There's not as many as the Celestial Emissaries. I, I don't know why I'm struggling to get that word out. But um, yeah, they're kind of... They're not, they're not. They're a bit of a pushover, to be honest. But they have one secret power, which has a little bit of a gimmick to it, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, there's generally almost always two melee, two ranged, and as you as you kill them, they more spring up. So it's very much a okay. Who do I find more threatening right now? Um, yeah, they kind of look like a weird cross between like the celestial emissaries and those rock throwing yetis. They're kind of this weird in between mm. there. Um, I was going to say that, but I thought we were trying to trying to get those out of our memory as the worst enemies in the game. Wow! Well, so I, I purposely avoided. They're still them. people, Mike. We have to treat them as such. <laughs> uh, um, I their their secret that, that Mike alluded to is they suddenly decide to pull a Final Fantasy VII summon on you, and a giant amount of rocks will come falling from the sky. I absolutely love this boss fight. You're nuts for not liking it. Oh, right? I just... It's not... It wasn't even difficult. It is literally knocking them down like a gopher game and just, just keeping them down and dodging a big rock. Like, I, I genuinely... Of all the fights, this was probably my least liked. It was... It, I gelled with it the least. Really? Okay, that's fair enough. Mike, where do you, where do you sit on these... I think, I think, I mean, the boss itself, I don't think it's super special, but as a run-up to what's coming next, I think it's it, it has its purpose. But for a for a visual thing, I mean, isn't that amazing being between two massive gothic buildings with a crazy sort of plant thing 
<laughs> all sorts going on. And then, then the whole, you know, um, just the visual effects stuff of that special move is sort of, it, it's quite, it's quite something. But yeah, I think ultimately it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a throwaway boss battle. Oh yeah. I, I think the, especially the if you know, if you know the trick, there's, there's nothing really to it. Um, yeah, it's all right. But I mean, for me, it was what, six, seven hits for each one to go down. So it was just a case of zoom in, take one, and then hope I never get more than, say, three of them up and running. Of course, I always have about four on the go, but, you know. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, nice yeah. I think that there's a chance. <laughs> uh, see, now, now mm-hmm. um, controversially, I like this fight more than I like the next fight. I think the next fight is kind of boring. So. Ooh. <laughs> um. So after we finish off the poor living failures, they tried. They tried. They just failed. Um, we walk into a clock tower and see arguably probably the coolest scene of the DLC. Hmm. There's just a lady yep. in a chair sitting there. Blood is everywhere. She got a, the glass and you, you walk up and you like poke and then she grabs you and says a line that without Googling, I'm sure <clears throat> somebody has tattooed on them somewhere. And then, blam! You meet. What is the line? Uh, what is a corpse should says? be left well alone. Is the line? Oh god! Somebody's got that tattooed okay. on him. I'm sure of it. Um, and then you fight Maria, who you could say has a link with the doll in the Hunter's Dream. So hmm. it's interesting from a lore standpoint. I'm gonna leave that one alone. But all right, guys. Uh, do you guys fall in the camp of Maria is the best part of this DLC? No. Alright. Like, second best part. I, I like the Maria fight. I like the next fight better. Um, but she, like, I it was one of the few bosses I walked away from after one attempt because I got her, like, really, really nice and carefully visceraled her and attacked her down to the point where there must have been one pixel of health and then my fingers had some sort of stroke and I ended up getting stuck oh, in a bookcase. Oh, that's the worst. <laughs> stuck in a bookcase and I was that cross with myself. I messaged you guys. I was like, that's fucking... And then I like wandered, I wandered <laughs> off and, you know, like d- did some farming and stuff and then came back to it and beat her. But like, again, really fits into like the kind of fight I like, which is quicker and kind of parryable and nice. Oh yeah, she's super agile. Yeah, super. Like, like you're generally not getting more than two hits at a time off on her. Yeah, and the, the her move set isn't the most um, varied. She basically goes from slashing you to slashing you with a blood attack to slashing you with some fire floating about the place. The fire was, you know, like a wee bit annoying, but meh. It's like really. I like the the building. I like the room. I like the approach. After the bloody, you know, like. Plants versus zombies, guys. I was like, this is great. Um. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. No, no. Like, mm. like uh, the first time I hit the DLC, I struggled a lot with her because it, it took a lot for me to get to, okay, how am I going to do this with a slow weapon? Mm-hmm. Because the only weapon in the game was the Whirly Gig and <laughs> I, I was stuck using it. And so it, it took a very large adjustment period for me to, because to, I think she's more difficult than Garamond. Like, she might be the mm. most difficult hunter fight besides the hunter you find in the cathedral for Eileen the Crow. Yeah. Like, like she's, she's pretty beefy. Um, I just find hunter fights boring. Uh, if I want to fight another hunter, there's PvP. So, I prefer monsters. 
as as you know, it's just, just what you do. Uh, like the next one, next one don't feel like a hunter fight, but um, I don't find her cheap like I do some hunter fights, like the one in the cathedral. Mm-hmm. Um, I I just don't now that I've gotten you know my head around using the whirly gig for faster bosses. It's like oh, okay, okay, I got this now. Um, I, I first shot this, and to be honest, this time it was extremely lucky that I first shot it. I just got lucky on a backswing and, and managed to hit her. Um, otherwise, this is generally a two or three shot for me just to readjust to the speed. Uh, Mike, how did you find it? So, so coming into the DLC, uh, this was, for people not familiar, the somewhat box art for uh, the old Hunter. Yeah, was. absolutely. This was the the screen that you saw on the PSN when you were picking it up. You thought you were probably going to think this was the final boss, and you know, for me, it did feel like a sort of final boss. It's it's like uh, I'd argue that even though the last one was quite a visual sort of feast, this this is pretty cool because it sort of brings back sort of like clock tower sort of looks and things like that, and you're sort of going, you know, she's just she's just quite bloody cool um i know you guys didn't struggle with her but for me it was just a case of poof she was wiping me all over the place and i I was getting the parries in and stuff on the first phase and stuff like that but it was weird seeing three phases from her um just just quite relentless she kicked my head in a number of times over and over um and she probably would have been a nice nice fitting end for the dlc but uh of course it continues I'm, out of curiosity, so, what did you find the most um, frustrating to deal with? Was it the speed? Was it just how long of a reach she has? Because once she starts pulling out the blood attacks, it was just that, she's got some reach. Yeah, that final phase, it was like, I'd say the I'd say the reach attack, like especially where she does the really long sword thing, that's probably your best bet to go in and wail on her. Because everything else was like, you know, you'd get fire burning up all around you. You'd get, like, all these crazy sort of crescent spinning moves going around. And I was, like, going, oh, my word. You know, it's a... It just didn't gel for me. In fact, every single time I've beat her, it's been quite a, you know, whew, I just got through that. I just got through that. I don't know whether whether that was supposed to be the one I won on, but I did it. So I sort of, you know, it's been a bit of a fluke getting past her. That's the same with about three or four of her bosses throughout the entire game. So, uh, yeah, she's on the level, for sure. Okay. Uh, for her, like, like, like th- this is one of the boss fights where it's like, I'd kill to have a good shield, and not the ones you find in the research lab or the wooden plank. It's because, for me, she is very much a uh, block and repost kind of fight if I had a shield. So this is very much maintain distance, wait till she moves, then dodge in, get a few hits, dodge out. Uh, it, it's a very patient fight for me. Uh, and Craig, let me guess, you just stayed all up in her grill the entire <laughs> yeah, fight. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Always dodging. Um, and this is one of the interesting ones because my default is dodge left, but I think in our second phase, dodging right is a wee bit better because you miss the backslash of something flailing behind her in one of your attacks. Um, so that's, I, generally speaking, will be up in anyone's grill at any point all the time dodging left or right and just yeah ha- yeah happened. hearing how you took care of cause is is mind-boggling to me i i can't <laughs> play that way so let's move on to uh first this the clock does this really cool like spinny thing mm-hmm. and the stars align and you decide to walk through this giant hole in the clock face and poof you're back in time at the fishing hamlet so even further back in time um 
gonna keep the lore super uh, light here because this is this this area explains Bloodborne as a whole. Uh, so um, this feels the most Lovecrafty out of everything in Bloodborne because of things like Call of Cthulhu and Fish People and the Innsmouth look. Like there's a lot of very uh, aquatic marine based enemy designs here. Like. Guys, I love the Shark Boys. The Shark Boys are like my favorite <laughs> enemy in this entire DLC. Um, I, there's a, there's a. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just. I am not a nautical themed person. Like I'm terrified of boats. It's one of my yes. fears. So at one point, one of the weapons, I believe it's the, it's either the right splash or the, one of the other swords. You have to jump into the well and fight those two guys, and one of them's got a gigantic. Mm-hmm. Anchor and even the sight of that anchor made me feel slightly creeped out. You know, like if if you were scared of spiders, and, was, and I was looking at it, and I was like, I really don't like anchors because they go in the water and they're going to be covered in. It really everything's covered in barnacles. Yeah, it's, it's very I, I overrun. Did, I did not like God. it for that reason. Um, so really, I, yeah, I just I couldn't wait to get out of it. And those guys actually, I never used any. Really, any of my um, inventory items, apart from obviously blood vials and bullets, and a couple of times when you need to use like antidotes and stuff, I never used any of the special things, and I ended up using one this time. And it is a is it the blood shaman bone or is it something shaman bone blade? Yeah, this is like the perfect place to use it. Really it right? You use it on one of the guys, even mauls the other one, and then you just go up and him in the face. It really. It, I so wish I had started using that earlier. It's the equivalent in Doom of saving all my, you know, like RPG ammo to the end and never using it because I've saved it all to the end. Um, really fun. Yeah. So in case you don't know that, know this, uh, the Shaman Bone Blade is a very, very short range one use weapon. If whatever enemy you hit with it will then fight for you until there's no other enemies around. Um, uh, th- this is an exceptionally good place to use it because these guys hit worse than some bosses. These guys are trucks. Yeah. And you can't necessarily stagger them very easily. Like, even if I buzzsaw them for my entire uh, endurance bar, nope, nothing. It- it- they just-, just wailed on me. So, um, Mike, how did you take care of this fight? What, the, um, which one exactly? When you jump down in the well and there's two of the big shark boys. Um, I think I skipped them. That's one I way to take care of this point. Yes, <laughs> and um, mm. the the cool yeah. thing about this fight is the entire time you're fighting, if you end up dodging towards the back of this area, you start hearing a winter lantern sing, and no. you're like, oh no, oh no, oh no. <laughs> yep. Um, that's extremely well designed encounter. I like this encounter so much. Mm. Uh, the the rest there's only like one other area in this part. Where I think, okay, that is a good move. So anyway, let's let's crawl out of here. We're we're climbing very much through shacks that you would see in the Sinking City, right? Like like uh-huh. it's just it looks like a tsunami has taken this place, and there's just like marine life hanging and nets and yeah, it's like when you go to Cape Cod. Um, so then you start hitting going through a cave, and there's these new kind of creatures that will just like zap you with lightning, and you're like, okey doke. Um, and this is where if you dodge the wrong way or move the wrong way, you fall through uh, a hole and then you fall into a pit. And 
it, it's like those scenes in the movies where you fall into something and then everyone turns and looks at you and there's like 40 <laughs> of them. Yeah, so the little fish boys, you fall down this hole and they just turn as one to look at you and you're like, oh, shit. Um, I love that encounter so much because mm-hmm. I love you know, just giant crowd fights. Um, this whole entire area, I'm a huge fan of. I, I like the theming. I'm sorry, Craig, that it makes uh-huh. you queasy. Um, there's a lot I love about this. The monster design, that asshole that keeps invading you if you don't go back and take care of them. Uh-huh. Um, any thoughts from you guys about this? This is the highlight of it for me. <laughs> Please, not all at once. I know. No, I... <laughs> all right, this this is more blight townish i don't i don't i'm not sure it's like i can see where you're coming from dave but at the same point i'm thinking not a massive shark man fan <laughs> so, you know uh, there's all sorts of weird stuff you know like there's there's skull things being shot at you and uh it feels a bit i don't know i don't know it feels a bit bitty it's like you know you you're taking off weird angles and stuff and it looks quite wide, but it's quite a sort of linear path through it, apart from the, the final sort of little lighthouse section, or whatever it is. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not not mega keen. I do like the very final stretches of it, but um, all the in-between, it's just that, that colour tone just makes me go, ugh, I don't feel right being here. Oh, I think you, you're both insane. <laughs> Uh, Craig, so tell us what it feels like in the pit of your stomach when you see nautical things, um, like cause, for example. I, I, I'm curious, like how how did you even deal with cause? Like, did that hit you at all? Because I mean, well, why don't you explain? Like, you you get to cause, and then you can explain the cutscene. Yeah, so you get to cause. You like you go for a start. You go through that creepy, you know, like everyone's praying down a tunnel type thing. It's kind of gross. You get to cause. And you approach him sneakily as I was approaching him, and it felt like as soon as he got to a certain point, he stands up, turns around, and he is obviously, you know, like a freshly born great one that's ready to kick ass, like ready to kick ass from the get go. He's got a weapon that's like a big, uh, oh, I can't remember what it's called now. What's the what's this thing called? You get it afterwards. The thing of it looks like a giant dish of caviar. Yeah, yeah, it's it's gross. Is it par- parasitic? Oh, the something like that. Pa- cause yeah, or something? the cause parasite. Cause I parasite. Believe. Yeah. Um, and he just launches straight into an attack. His first attack for me was always that one where he kind of like jumps over, and you, you like take a step forward to turn around, and you can just start backstabbing. Like, I really, I loved everything about this fight. Like it was peak peak bloodborne for me it just his moves I, I, like this again i died very close to the end and had to um go back and reevaluate my life choices and then go back in and kill him um really liked it it was just it, it was a patience patience game waiting on him performing a move like uh, one of the moves he would do is jump backwards and he would sling his thing at you so you knew when he jumped backwards you had to jump backwards and there was not really an opportunity to attack at that point so it's waiting for the moves where you can attack and it's generally when he's jumping towards you you just dodge right because right is the right way to dodge for this guy and slash him to bits Um, but halfway through he goes a wee bit super powered and that's 
A wee bit. A wee bit superpower. He goes a wee bit superpower. Okay. He goes mental. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so if if you you're not familiar with this fight, um, when you first walk in, um, first you see a bunch of these fish peoples just kind of bent over and worshiping what looks like a giant blob on a beach. If you're any kind of man at all, you just roll through all of them because they shatter like pottery. It's ridiculously cool. Um, I killed one and felt guilty. Oh, come on. They're not good guys. Um, so once you get in, you get this cutscene and you get to see this. Uh, he almost looks like a very emaciated tyrant from Resident Evil. Like he's super mm-hmm. tall, but he's super emaciated. And you, you see him almost pull away like he's a parasite from this great one. Like you see things stretch and then snap as he comes out. Super cool. Uh, he then screams at the moon because by golly, he's had enough of that thing. And then launches himself at you. Um, his weapon is not a traditional weapon. I would. It, it almost feels like you're fighting somebody with a kusaragama or a, the, even a yo-yo. Yeah, right? yeah. Like it, it's got this elasticity to it that is super cool. Um, super kills Dave a bunch, <laughs> but it's super cool. Um, Mike, what about you? How do you fare with Kaz? Yeah, I always struggle fighting a man with a sack. <laughs> And in this case, that's that's definitely what happened. Um, the orphan of Cars is so Cars is actually one of the great ones, isn't it? It's like one of the pretty much right at the top, and she then she gives birth technically to this. So this is this is the new yeah. offspring, isn't it? But this it's, is it's the a, band it's, sort it's of. It's yeah. a, a raw deal for you, for the player because you. you know, I think I've, I've read something about the um, the electric attacks coming off it are actually from the. From the body of Cos itself, and not from. Um, I I, I can't like something really weird. I can neither confirm or deny that. Uh, I did notice it's coming from the area close to the water, mm-hmm. so that would make total sense. Yeah. Yeah, but it's a uh, well, man. This is this is a the beast. This is the one that first time around stumped me. I think I fought this thing about fifty odd times. This was like, you know. This is the ultimate boss, which I don't think German sort of lived up to. So, coming in as the DLC, this is your this is your final big test, really, of the game. Um, I think it's the hardest boss in the game. Um, although me and Craig cheesed Ebriatus. Yeah, I don't think I don't think that's so. a cheese because there's something up with her hitboxes. I think that's perfectly fair. Like like. If in a straight fight, like a straight up fight, yeah, totally agree with you that this is the diff- most difficult boss. But due to like some weird janky hitbox problems, I can have more trouble with other bosses. Mm-hmm. But more for jank reasons than pure difficult reasons. Oh, man, but yeah, coming in with it to this fresh with no strategies or anything on the internet was <laughs> a bit of a rude awakening for me. And I'm surprised I, I sort of got it done. Um, it took everything from me. Um, and at that point, I was I was not prepared to play the game again. <laughs> until until now. So, yeah. Like like, like Craig says, the, the right dodge sort of alleviates a hell of a lot of the problem. But if you don't know that, you you are sort of up shit's creek, to be honest. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't know that. Uh, <laughs> shit creek and me are friends. Um, I, I tend to do, whenever there's a new boss, I tend to do the rubber band dodge, where you dodge back and then dodge back in to take a swipe. 
does not work no. with Kaz. Uh, Kaz will straight up smack you if you do that. I, I After I, I did this, luckily this time it only took me two tries to do Kaz. I got super lucky. That is not a declaration of skill <laughs> at all, right? It was just super lucky. Um, I watched like uh, speed runs of it because I'm always curious to see, okay, hey, what does it look like when somebody who's good at video games plays? Um, and I don't know how people are fitting in backstabs into this fight. No. Like, Visceral, I, I have no idea how they're doing that. I got, like, but the whole of his first phase, you can Visceral him when he jumps over the top of you. Like, every single time you can get him. I'm too terrified <laughs> to do that. I, I mean, I mean, some of it might be the Whirly Gig takes forever uh, yeah. to get that back attack. But, yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm always like, oh, he's here. And then you dash out. Can- I'm like, I don't have that presence of mind. When I'm fighting cars, can this backstab be done in yeah. phase two? You, you can back, you can you can oh, backstab fine. him right the way through it, and you can parry him right the way through it as well. Yeah. I did get lucky that with is, a few that shots. That's the definition mm-hmm. of madness, pretty much. He's good. I it's like to me peak, like peak boss blood bondage all happened on this beach. Um, I just thought it was great. So I when I've, I've since I've been playing it online, I've just been going back to cause finding people on reddit that want to fight him and then just going back in and helping people beat him is great <laughs> oh that's great yeah uh, yeah there's there's there cause is definitely one of the bosses where the shock and awe rattles me enough to where i don't have presence of mind like that it's a full-blown panic fest whenever i fight cause there's no it, it's it's not pretty i'll do it but it ain't pretty mm-hmm. so um after you defeat Cause, well, so Mike, I, you want to explain like like what happens in the yeah. cutscene to let you know? Okay, you have finally hit the end of Bloodborne, yeah. unless you're doing chalices. Oh, oh, are you not talking about when Cause goes back into the sea and you have to then destroy a fan? I, I, how do you even say it? What's the like black a smoky thing cause from the body? Like a phantasm. phantom? Uh, yeah. All lost on me, unfortunately, but, you know. Okay, so uh, you have dealt with the <clears throat> phantasm of Cause. Um, you get a fancy mm. little cutscene-ish, and poof, you're done. You have now completed Bloodborne, and then you go back to the Hunter's Nightmare, and the the uh, the doll taps you on the shoulder while you're looking all haughty and goes, Hey, uh, there's some gravestones over there. Why don't you go have a look? And you're just like, no, no, I don't want to. And she's like, I don't care. You have to do it because you're on a podcast. So first off, uh, since Mike's going to be leaving us because he didn't do the chalices this time. uh, Mike, why don't you wrap up uh, your thoughts (laughs) and then we'll continue on with the chalices. Like your your complete final thoughts. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, so apart from the chalice dungeons, which are terrible. Don't spoil it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no. um, yeah so Bloodborne is a game that I did not expect to still have the same amount of just pure uh, fun and exploration and in 2021 I I thought this was a, a 2015 game through and through and coming back to it this is just as fresh to me now you know I'm playing a PS5 I'm playing 4k 60 frames per second on all sorts of stuff with potential of ray tracing all that rubbish but 1080p at 30 frames per second on a, a game which 
you know, according to some people, that's weird frame pacing to me. It doesn't really matter. I don't think I can see it. I think I'm blind to that. But it's just, it's just like, it's the exclusive that you want. You know, when you talk about a Saturn and you're like going, ooh, what's it got? It's got like Guardian Heroes, things like that. And you go, woof, you know, there's, there's, there's monster games on every system. But this is, this is the P- one of the PS4 sort of, you know, high peaks. And the fact it came quite early on, I mean, it's, that quite quite often happens with a lot of systems. But this is definitely the PS4s. And the PS4's been a, a monster of a system. So it's sort of like, you know, I, I don't know. This was early I think shots it's up there. It's, from the PS4. Yeah, this, this, this is top... Uh, I'm gonna, yeah, I was going to say top 20, top 10. Top 10 games of all time, possibly, for me. I'd probably say at this point. I think it beats the hell out of the majority of the Dark Souls series. Better than Demon's Souls, I'd say. Speaking of shots fired... Uh, you know, actually, I'd... I'd probably play it, put it above all of them, to be honest. Um, yeah, why not? Why not? It's it's there. Um, it's it's amazing what a little bit of a change does to a you know a a template which has been in the works for a good while. Um, I thought Dark Souls Three was a massive disappointment after playing this. So, you know that, and Dark Souls Three is a good game. Don't get me wrong. So uh, yeah, yeah, it it did the job. It did the job well. Um, and it's probably disappointing if we don't see any sort of return to this in the future. I really hope we do. But, um, you know, with the winding down of Sony, uh, Sony Japan Studios and stuff in the meantime, it was sort of... I know they're not exactly the developers, but I'm sure they were facilitating a lot in helping with getting this made. Um, well, other than that, it might it's be, be a, a weird future. Demon Souls, Dark Souls kind of situation where they make something under a different name, yeah. but it's super close to Bloodborne. So they can go multi-plat with it. Well, I I look forward to that, but I mean, without without saying too much more, I'm sure you guys are going to cover it really well in your your sum ups of it. But this, I went off the back of this thinking, what should I play next? And I know you're going to say you should be playing the next podcast <laughs> game next, Mike. Yes, yes, you should. That's, that is not what I did. Instead, I have had Sekiro on my wish list for. You know, since it was released, pretty much, and I finally picked it up, and I went straight from finishing this off to going jumping straight into that and having a which is a good so match. So like, like, like if there's anything that's going to get you prepared for Sekiro, it, it's going to be this, hundred percent. Mm, and they they complement each other so well. It's just crazy to see Sekiro's like you know a 2019 game of the year winner by most accounts, and uh, I think Bloodborne's just as good in everything I've seen so far, despite being what from 2015. So, um, yeah, yeah, definite, definite, um, all timer list so far. All right, and I think I might play it a little bit more as you might have seen during the recording. That's today. disgusting. <laughs> How dare you, sir? Anyway, as of that, um, good luck to all the hunters out there. Be kind on the streets. But a freak in the I will sheets. See you again soon. <laughs> uh, yes, Mike. That, thank that you very good. much for joining us. Um, we will see you next time. Uh, not on Disco Elysium, um, mm-hmm. but after that, we have Ninja Gaiden coming up, which you could argue kind of follows the theme, and it is not Tenchu. Aww. So mm-hmm. we will see you then. Oh, all right. Adios. See you, Adios, sir. Get ours.
All right, Craig, you can put in a nice little music doohickey here and be like, and then chalices. Now that Mike has decided to ditch us in this awful ditch of awfulness, <laughs> uh, me and Craig are going to go very briefly over the Chalice Dungeons because we don't want this to turn into a part four. So, Craig, would you like to briefly explain the Chalice Dungeons and how they work? Yeah, yeah. So in The Hunter's Dream, we have got some gravestones, which you can place um, chalices on. So chalice like a mug, you know, like thinking Diana Jones type thing. Um, and certain items, so while you're playing the game, you pick up things like ritual blood and eyeballs and whatever the hell else you pick up. You need these to basically charge the chalice to um, have it placed on the gravestone, and then that generates a labyrinth for you, like a like a dungeon, and you just have to start dun- you know, like going through dungeons. Um, some of them are procedurally generated. Some of them are set dungeons. Well, yes. there's a very... If you make a dungeon and it has the word root in it, mm-hmm. it's randomized. If you make a dungeon and there's not that word, it is not crafted, but it will be the same every yeah. time. It's like they hit random once and went, okay, this is our... Mm, yeah. This is our, our non-root dungeon. Um, uh, yeah. I'm sure you can read a lot about the chalices on the internet. But they're terrible. They are the god awful monotonous. Yeah. So the the basic thing about a chalice is you enter a, a chalice has or a dungeon has several lev- layers levels. It could have one, two, three, four depths. It's called in this, and on each depth you have a series of things to do to get to a boss to move on to the next depth. And what you have to do is... You Generally, be- it's always pulling a lever, <laughs> yeah. watching a door open, and there's the boss. Yeah. Uh, the, it's frustrating on many levels, even from the fact that when you spawn into one of these, you can see the door where the boss is right in front of you, but you've got to run around this. I, almost 100% of the time, uh, spent all my blood echoes, went in naked, and just sprinted trying to find the lever for every single one of these. I was sprinting and try to find a lever. Not only that, I was using a guide to make sure that I took the critical path to getting to Queen Pthrumru, who is <laughs> the final boss. That's um, Mergo's mum. Uh, the final boss of this. You actually see her in the game before you hit Mergo's wet nurse. She's the yeah. She's the bloody lady that yeah. you see when you uh, kill Rom, and then again before you go into Mergo's wet nurse. Yes. Uh, um, you cheated. I just want to put that right away. Um, you're supposed to very slowly but surely slog your way through every single one of these chalices. Nah. 
while watching something you appreciate because otherwise you will grind your teeth to a fine white powder. Um, and and here's here's the thing, right? Like like this is where I'm gonna start getting somewhat negative. I don't think the unlike Mike and Craig, I, I don't think the combat of Bloodborne is fun enough to where just a randomized version of it is fun. And when I say randomized, I don't mean completely randomized. You will start it's it'd be like if you started playing a roguelike but it only had like seven permutations. You start recognizing room layouts where the enemies will be, patterns, which enemies will be there super quick. Um also, the enemy variety is very slim. There are some enemies you'll see here that aren't in the game, like the main game, like the little scorpions or uh, the, the naked boys. Yeah. Um, but they just don't add enough variety for me. No, um, they don't. And I like I do like the combat, and I did like seeing bosses, alternative versions of you know, like the defiled amygdala. I I liked those fights but i just it's it's just not that varied the re- the reason that you play bloodborne and you hoover up everything and you murder everyone is to drive the story forward it's to find the note that says you know oh that piece of armor was worn by such and such a church of healing that's given me a tiny hint towards the story these chalice dungeons have None of that. It is just generic, and until the very end, until the very, very, very end, um, yeah. So, yeah, it's about and and um, the way I'm going to present this might come off as a little biased, um, just because of how I feel about these. But smarter people than I can tell you other reasons why these fail. One of which is the Chalice Dungeon suckery permutates the base game of Bloodborne because you, whenever you see a treasure, you're like, oh, there's probably just going to be another eyeball or it's going to be another Bastard of Lauren. It, it, it ruins some of the base game because you're not excited to see treasure when you defeat a hard enemy configuration and, oh, look, it's it's Ritual Blood 4. Hooray! Uh, so I think there's there's a part of me that wants to say these are a cool experiment that failed, but their failure has tentacles into the main game. It's not a separate thing. So what we're going to do is we're going to go through the Chalice Dungeons, briefly explain each one, tell you about um, some unique bosses you can find. But as an example, like the first one you go to, um, everything looks like it's made of mud. That's uh, not very bright. And the bosses you run into are things like Undead Giant, which, hey, that's cool. Sure, it's a variation of the Church Giants, but, eh, that's cool. And so you you start this, and you're like, okay, cool, this is, this is new bosses. And your next boss, which is uh, Mike, Mike, you're not Mike. Uh, Craig, if you'd like to briefly explain the Undead, like, Watchers, the, the group of threes. I can't remember them, to be perfectly honest, because I just went in and mulled them. It was basically, like, a simpler version of the... Um, shadows of Yarnum. So there's three enemies that you have to whittle down who have variations of attacks. Um, it, honestly, I, I it's so unmemorable. There's only like two bosses in this that I found vaguely memorable. And you've seen these enemies before. So yeah. right out of the gate, it's starting to use enemies, regular enemies as bosses. Sometimes that can be super cool. Not here. 
and then you run into your first unique boss in the very first chalice, which, again, gives you hope. And that's Watchdog of the Old Lord. Yes. Allow- I hate this thing oh. with such a freaking oh, really? passion. I, I really liked him. <laughs> oh, Craig, you're killing me here. Um, this, this is a boss that punishes you in ways that I fall for every single time. Because I'll uh, imagine a dog with this weird crocodile-like head. Uh, kind of looks like one of the monsters from Beetlejuice in the face. And you can break its head. You can break its limbs. And it does a little crutch thing where you, where you hit it and it goes down. And you're like, this is my chance. I can attack. And then you go all ham and then boom, it explodes. So y- this is very much a one, two, and then out and one, two, and then out. But every time I see that break, uh, it's yeah. all right. Time to go ham. Gets me every time. I I really like, like this is again along the lines of Fire Puppy and you know um, the Watchdog. I really like this kind of boss, big beastie doggy thing that you're constantly trying to guess what he's going to do. I, I just I really liked it. I, just, I I thought this is it. I'm onto a winner. But I knew about one of the later bosses, so I already knew that I wasn't onto a winner. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so once you finish this, you can create the next chalice, mm-hmm. which is the Central Thumero Chalice. And it looks exactly the same. The layout has changed, but all the visuals are exactly the same. Uh, and here we can run into th- three more sort of unique bosses. Uh, the first one is the Beast Possessed Soul. And if you remember when you jump down from the church and there's that werewolf guy at the door... And you gotta kill him. Uh, it's just one of those, just kind of bossified a little bit. That's it. Uh, then we have the Keeper of the Old Lords, oh, which yeah. lots of old lords going on. Uh, Craig, uh, the Keeper. Any thoughts? I again, I think I've lied because I said only like two of these. I really like the Keeper of the Old Lords. This was another boss, like my two styles really? of yeah, my two styles of boss fight. I like the design of it, you know, like witchy hat type thing. Um, yeah. Really good, like uh, just a really enjoyable, quick fight. Uh, another one that actually, if you go onto Reddit into the um, Hunter's Bell subreddit, people people request mm-hmm. Keeper of the Old Lords quite a bit really? for assistance. Um, it's worth mentioning. I can see when she gets the dogs. Yeah, in these chalice dungeons, there is the opportunity to summon NPCs, but ninety nine times out of a hundred, it's worse. If you because you summon an NPC, they get plus thirty um, percent enemy health, and your NPC goes down in an instant most of the time. Or for me, it does anyway. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's it, it's really a gamble whether or not they're going to be useful. Yeah, there's one of them that uses arcane power, and that's good because uh, the other ones that use normal weapons, they're, they've not got any blood gems, it's just complete base weapons, low damage output. You kind of think, oh, they'll take the attention off of such and such so I can hit a few times. Not worth it. You don't do near as much damage as you would if you just, you know, like, dodge. Sorry, that's my personal take on the NPC summons. <laughs> there was one or two of them. Like, like I ended up taking... I, I rolled with the crew into the, the Marin Queen, and uh, that was a lot of fun. Uh, me, and, me and my two boys going into the, the Marin Queen. But yeah, every once in a while, I would take it just to shake things up a little bit. I'd be like, all right, yeah, let, let's go in and just smack this guy. Yeah. Um, a- after the Keeper of the Old Lords, we have arguably the only one worth seeing, 
and that's the Thumerian Descendant. Yes. Uh, there is none of these in the base game. This is completely new. And it's a super cool boss fight. Uh-huh. This um this guy You're a big fan, Craig, so uh, go ahead. I am oh sorry. I yeah, I am a big fan of this guy. He's a slightly taller guy with a is it a sickle or a scythe or something? I don't know what you call that weapon, basically. But he's another It's a shoto. A what? It's called a shoto. A shoto? It's a shoto, not shoto like like uh, a Street Fighter character. S H O T E L. Okay. It's a sword that was designed to where when you swing it, if somebody brings up their shield to block it, a part of the sword comes around oh. the shield, and you can whack somebody in the 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 ribs, the arm. Yeah, it's it's a. Uh, I believe it's Middle Eastern. Okay. From descent. Uh, super cool weapon. Yeah, yeah, like super cool weapon, super cool boss. Um. Very quick again. He's got a second phase where his weapon splits apart, and just generally again another one. Get up in his grill, dodge, hit, and I hate to say that so flippantly because it's not get up in his grill, dodge, hit him, and that's him done. There, he is a tricky, a tricky man, but uh, I really liked him. Uh, I do too. Uh, he does. He does. I don't know how much the game cheats, but when he flings his thing, oh. it, it almost it to- almost like it tracks it you, tracks you, but it tracks where you're going, yep. not where you are. A hundred. So you mi- dodge into it. Oh, that's great. hundred million percent he does do that because I noticed it several times. Um, yeah, good guy. Good guy. Uh, very cool design. Has this weird haunted, like, long face look to him. Super cool coat. Mm-hmm. Uh, a dapper man. Uh, and see, right here, right now, we have hit almost every single unique boss in the Chalice Dungeons. And we still have, oh, 12 to go? So you start to see the problem I have here. Yeah. Uh, we're going to skip ahead until the next unique boss. Cool. That- ish. Boss-ish. Um, it's the Bloodletting Beast. Mm-hmm. Now, this is, you have a very high probability of not seeing this in the base game. Yeah. But this is what, uh, you, you know, the roof guy that you should always send to the Ephesus Clinic. Mm-hmm. He, if you attack him, he turns into one of these. Yeah. Um, so there's a pretty good chance you've never seen it. Um, kind of standard fight for me. Like, in the arena you're in, you have enough room to get around him and heal if you need to. So not really a problem. Yeah, um, not a problem. I did see him on one of my playthroughs because... You know, you can coax him into turning into one of these on the roof. And I killed him in the worst way possible. I stood in the doorway and just poked him to death with Ludwig's holy blade. Um, Felt terrible for that, but that rooftop feels awfully wee. <laughs> so it's just like, what? It is It is an awfully wee rooftop. I, that's why I Molotov cocktails are my bestest friend in the world. Um, And again... That is the only unique boss we will see for a super long time. Mm-hmm. Um, you end up going to chalices where uh, doesn't matter your stats, doesn't yeah. matter anything. As soon as you enter them, you're at half health. And your maximum gets dropped to half. While at the same time, the enemy gets a health buff. So things will just take longer for you to kill and you have less of a margin for error. Yes. Um, you may think to yourself, well, that's fine, because now one blood vial will hear me. Heal me. No, 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 no. They only heal percentages. So you're ripping through blood vials like crazy in this dungeon. Yeah. 
Um, I I don't find it too bad, but I did the first time I tried it. I found this obnoxious as all yeah. hell um, the first time. I I'm the same. Didn't find it too bad. The end boss of this one is that defiled amygdala, amygdalia, amygdala. Yes. amygdala. Oh, what is amygdala. There you go. Yep, amygdala. Whatever. Um. And well, that's how Patches says it. He says amygdala. Oh my god! Of all the things that the PlayStation chat has spelled right, it's amygdala for you. <laughs> except that's great. Except it then says what time practice is on McDowell. Uh, so you know, it's it's not the, Roddy McDowell's there. Oh, who, Excellent. Who knows? Anyway, um, oh, what was I saying? That's my other. P- Proud, proud crowning moment of the entire game that I think I told you about because I took a video of it and I can't remember if I sent it. But I beat that Defiled Amygdala without taking a hit and it was like a, just a, a beautiful couple of minutes of glory. It just, everything just coalesced and felt brilliant. Oh, I can imagine. Uh, this was not a, this was not a one shot for me, but this was a three shot or so. Uh, and I had the third shot, I was like, well, I've had enough of your shit. <laughs> and so I went in with the, the minigun, some bone marrow ash, blasted it in the face mm-hmm. a bunch of times until it went down, then broke its arm. Like, like I it, uh, I didn't not get hit, but uh, it felt like I was bullying the poor amygdala. Yeah. Um, yeah and, and the thing is, like, like, you'll also run into ROM down here. And instead of doing what you would think would be the interesting thing of changing the moveset, maybe Rom has an expanded moveset, but no spiders. Nope, it's the exact same fight, except it's small arena. See that I one shot without a problem. Yeah. I did not like. I didn't. I didn't like that at all. That was the one I already knew. I wasn't looking forward to. And it's not a difficulty thing. It's just the way I I kind of took on Rom. Um, obviously, kind of lends itself to. Not having pillars in the way and all this kind of stuff. So, oh yeah, so, yeah. Um, and 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 you can tell some of these bosses aren't designed for the areas they're even in down here because you'll have things like even the Thumero Descendant, their stuff will clip through pillars and hit you, even though you're standing behind them. Like it, it feels super shoddy, and that's not something you can ever really say about a FromSoft game. But it's super shoddy. So after we go through all these, we get to the only one that I think justifies being a chalice. And that's the great Eyes Chalice? Ease Chalice? Yep. I don't know exactly how to pronounce it. Um, This, and the only thing this does is by the time you get here, you're like, oh, oh, it's something different. Oh, this is great. Um, when you zone in, you see a bunch of alien mold all over the place. And it's super freaky looking and... It's full of celestial emissaries, and there's this wheeled filter on the graphics that make it look like there's parts of the cosmos opening uh-huh. and closing around you. It's super cool looking, right? And then you got to fight Ebriatus, and you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, oddly enough, that was Ebriatus is in the Altar of Despair in the original one, and at this point, I was despairing. I was I was in complete despair. Uh, I do like. Oh, absolutely! I like generally. I like the celestial emissaries, and I like the kind of spacey weirdness to it. But I love the rubbery heads. Yeah, they just kind of blah, 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 by, all over the place. By the time I got here and on to um, the last chalice dungeon, I 
had had enough. I was, I was laser focused on getting to the end, getting to that trophy, and never touching them again. And let's be fair, it's not that you had enough of Bloodborne, mm. because you went back and played more Bloodborne. Yeah, I've, you had enough of the chalices. I've played, like, I genuinely said last night, I, pl- I must have put in another, like, five, ten hours of just playing, fighting bosses online. <laughs> oh, yeah, and I mean, I mean, you could argue that if you split this up and went into them as you unlock them of like, oh, okay, I got to, I don't know, Bloodstarved Beast. Let's do that first chalice, and then you do that, and then you play the main game. It wouldn't be as bad, but the problem is there's such peaks and valleys in difficulty in these things that it's hard to kind of plan it out along a graph of like, okay, we do Amelia, and then we do the Ailing Lauren, and then you, you can't really do that. Um not to mention, if you did that, you might actually spoil some bosses for you coming up, which is super weird. I, th- I think um, some of the actual material is gated in the main game, so you can't. You need something from the school. Okay, all right. Get, I wasn't sure. Yeah, I didn't look into it. You definitely you need an item from there to get one of the chalices. So you, it's almost gated. So you you do the main game boss before you do the the chalice equivalent. And the only other reason I could. S- see for wanting to do them is you can get different variations of weapons and don't get too excited now (laughs) it's not actual variations on the weapons it's they now have different gem slots which means you can progressively break the game more and more sometimes but that's almost like that thing in zelda where you go and get 25 heart containers and then you lose three of it in the boss fight and you're like i didn't need all you almost feel over prepared for some things um so Let's get Mrs. Thumera out of the way. Um, She's a queen. She looks quite regal. Uh, Why don't you explain the boss fight? Because I don't think it's worth it. Like, by the time you get here, you're so flippin' miserable. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Like, completely not only miserable, and it's not a great boss fight. It's one of those ones where you've already fought the difficult boss and you get to the final boss and it turns out it's just a conversation. Basically, you're in a gigantic room, there's a circular fountainy type thing in the middle, I don't know what it actually is. Um, and she starts teleporting about the place and attacking you, screaming, you know, like, stun-locking you and you whittle down her health. Like the ladies in Canehurst. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, you whittle her down a wee bit and then she duplicates herself. But her duplicates only take one hit, so you hit her, and if she doesn't die, you run off and go and take care of her duplicates so they don't start bugging you. And you kind of just keep repeating that, unless I'm, unless my memory is failing me and I just... No. It's kind of it. That's <laughs> me and the boys. We just rolled up on her and just smacked the crap out of her. The only cool thing she does that I think is super cool is she does this thing where she, like, slits her palm and then, like, rapid-fires blood shots at you. That is super cool. Like, it's a machine gun of blood. It's it's dumb, but cool. Um, And then you get a stone, which gives you a little bit of lore, which is cool. Mm -hmm. But even from that aspect, I don't think... The Chalice Dungeons offer very little in terms of lore. So it's not even like, well, if you care about the story, you'll do them, because you don't get much of this at all. All you get is, huh... So some people came down here and found some stuff. How about that? The the only lore thing, because I'm like super paying attention this time. Mm-hmm. 
that I could garner without having to read a bunch of smarter people than me talk about it is maybe the the ROM, the uh, Ebriatus, the, the amygdala that you see down here are the real ones. And the ones you see up there are the dream yeah, versions yeah, of them. Yeah. But even then, there's not really anything to to back that up because it's not like they die in a different way. It, it It's not like, oh, you see them like die. Instead, Rom just poof, disappears again. And you're like, eh, eh. Yeah. So, Craig, as as you can tell, we're big fans of the Chalice Dungeons. Yeah. Bit of a, bit of a wet fart. I think, um, I think they should have been more optional than what they are. It's if we kind of gently segue into the story, think of the chalice dungeons and generally the architecture of Yarnum, like um, what you may call it. Oh God, uh, darkest dungeon. So you've got un- yeah. underneath a town, there are these dungeons, and this is where the old blood was discovered, and this is why everyone comes to Yarnum. And I just feel like they could have explained it in a note rather than make where where. <laughs> Or you could have just had German turn to the doll and go, Ruin has come to this house. <laughs> and you're like, oh, I got you. Yeah, I, I got I, you. We're good. Uh, um, it is, if if you pull back from a bird's eye view, these those stories are super close. <laughs> and I think, honestly, I think Darkest Dungeon does it better. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but let's move on to the story. Okay. Um, first off, uh, we're not going to sit and explain the entire story to you because we're running out of time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Craig, I'm curious to see what your take on the story is. Yeah, um, so to give a bit of background as to why you're there, you're a hunter that's rocked up to Yarnum because you've heard that you can go there to cure things. I don't know what you've got, but you're looking for a cure to a thing. And you get embroiled and sucked into, or you're embroiled in this whole, you know, hunter's dream thing, um, and told that you need to go on this adventure. You know, the lanterns light your way to the adventure, with, uh, you know, like this obvious, you die and you are reborn, and you have to just keep on going until a certain point in the game. Uh, my take on the general story, I don't know where to start with this. So you're going through the... No, yeah, yeah, you come in sideways and work your way out pretty much. It it really is. At the end result, if I I go back to right to the end result, because this I think I do know, um, the entire point of the game is the moon presence is manipulating you and German, because the moon presence is who trapped German in the hunter's dream, is manipulating you to kill uh, one of the great ones and... That's that's kind of like what it is. It's the whole. The- okay, I have a slightly different take. Okay. than that. I, I I agree with you on the moon presences behind it all mm-hmm. pulling the strings with his little cool tendrils. Yeah, I thought this was more of a test to try to forge more great ones than and then you trying to eliminate other great ones. Okay. Like, a lot of this seems like by the time you get to meet the Moon Presence, you're well on your way to yeah. becoming a great one because of what you've seen, what you've ingested, mm-hmm. and and all this other stuff. Um, I think... And for me... No, but, on you go. Uh, for me, um, what you end up seeing, like, once you leave the Hunter's Dream, which I, I'm guessing it's a pocket dimension, 
Like you run into the real one and there's a, a non-functioning doll there. Mm-hmm. So what you see has got to be a a dream version of it, right? Yeah. Like like which is why you use the the tombstones to teleport out. Um what you end up seeing is you go, okay, so down this path, this is how the church decided to do it with with the blood. Yeah. And here's how Kanehurst tried to do it with drinking the blood instead of injecting it. And and here's how uh, Bergenworth wanted to do it with the eyes. Yeah. And, like, you see a bunch of different ways people tried to ascend. Yeah. Bergenworth were right. The blood is bad. Now, see, I take it, I take it as all of them were right, but they didn't they didn't uh like like the right answer is a combination of them it's not just one no like because you go through and you do each of those like you put eyes on the inside you inject blood Mm -hmm. you eat the umbilical cords yeah the Um, the umbilical cords are like they're the key to it so the reason germans and the dream is he had one umbilical cord and it wasn't enough so the moon presence slapped him down like a little bitch and said you're stuck there now but the blood is clearly like it's the cause of why everyone's turning into beasts. So there is this obviously epidemic of people turning into beasts and you're there killing these people and the blood that was found in the labyrinth, what is actually the cause of it? Well, okay, so first off, I didn't I didn't really pick up on this until I read an interview with Miyazaki. Mm-hmm. And he is such a nice guy. I love that guy. Um do you get what? And um, this isn't a well child. Do you understand? Did you pick up the the significance of blood vials and your health bar? What do you mean? Like the blood vials. Um, y- you don't drink them to heal. No. You inject mm-hmm. them, which is different than let's say what Kanehurst was doing because Kanehurst they were drinking it. So. What's going on is when you inject the the blood vial into your thigh, like an Imitrex shot, if you have migraines, shout out to you boys, my migraine voice, um, it, it reinvigorates you. So it's almost like alcohol or, or cocaine or something. And when it was brought up from the labyrinth, it kind of made the rounds of like this new wonder drug and everybody was just popping it to get a nice boost of energy. And your health bar... Because if you get hit with a sword, Craig, I don't think injecting new blood into you is going to heal you. Um, the, he said the health bar is supposed to represent your mental uh, fortitude, mm-hmm. not necessarily your, okay. your physical health. I'm with you. I think we're, so. We're mostly on the same page. I still yeah. just, I'm sure the blood is bad. There was, there was a... Oh, yeah. I mean, even Willem's like, fear the old blood. Yeah. Like, I imagine somebody was like, hey, guys, not not a good idea, guys. I mean, of all the ideas, you're not injecting random blood that you found. Anyway, anyway. So, yeah, you're right. There's, there's these kind of, well, there's two prevailing schools of thought. It's either gain insight or drink blood or inject blood. Something to do with blood or something to do with insight. Willem's trying to ascend. He can't quite ascend. German almost ascended by imbibing uh, an umbilical cord, but didn't. And he's stuck in the hunter's dream, facilitating all the other hunters to go through. I do think that the moon presence wanted you to kill Rom, because at that, when you kill Rom, and you go back, 
It's done. Oh, I see what you're saying. You, yeah. you know, like it's done. Um, the the house is on fire. You know, it's like your job's done. Don't worry about it. That it's over. That's kind of like no. That that's 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 a fair point. Uh, the only thing I, the only thing I'll disagree with you on on that is. Uh, Garman is, I don't think Garman is there because he ate one umbilical cord. Like, in the DLC, it's there because of what he and Maria did to that village. And he got cursed by Kaz. Because he's the one that, that killed Kaz. Well, the thing that, mm-hmm. that, you know, the thing the man crawls out yeah, of? Yeah, That. He's that, so he got cursed because, uh, did you run into that scene where you run back and he's not there when you go to the Hunter's Dream? Oh, yeah, yeah. And he's and he's there crying. Uh-huh. And he's what is it? He said he's he's like, oh, someone please help me. I want to. Yeah, he's like Willem Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Somebody please get me out. Like, first of all, super great voice work. Mm-hmm. Super great. Um, super upsetting too. It's it's weird. Like I have a problem seeing grown men cry. It's mm. super weird. Um, but yeah, so I think that's why Garman's there. Or, I mean, again, we're oh. it's all a lot of it is up to interpretation. Um, and I, hmm, like the only, the one, the one weird spot I don't quite have locked down is why the goopy people? What goopy people? Like I get the goopy people in the school of Bergenworth. Like why the goopy students? As in well, the eyeballs, the flies. No, 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 not them. The ones that you get to when you're in the lecture building, because the lecture building was part of Bergenworth. So why are they slimy? Oh, those guys. Right, I'm with you now. So I have got no idea actually why they're gloopy. I thought you meant the fly guys. Oh no, the, the fly guys make sense yeah. because you have a bunch of eyes. Yeah, yeah. Eh. yeah I, I don't know. Um so I'm gonna cut I'm gonna cut the story discussion off and I'm sure we'll talk about it off mic, but yeah. we need to we need to stop this at I know, some point. I know, I know. Uh, it, in other words, it is super fun sometimes to finish one of these Souls games. I think I think Bloodborne is probably the most vague of all of them. But it's super fun to finish the game, go, okay, here's my idea of what happened, and listen to somebody like me and Craig are now going, well, this is what I think, yeah. and here's why. Don't ever trust anybody that doesn't give evidence. <laughs> it's always a scam. I, um, so how did you feel about that? Because this has got to be your first game playing a game like this. Oh, I, I really enjoyed it. Like, I liked reading all the notes. Everything, nearly everything that I got from the story was from maybe five keynotes, two conversations... And then the descriptions of all the armor or all the the, the mm-hmm. that's pretty much where you get everything from, and it's great. It's like I, okay, so so it really clicked with you this style of storytelling. Yeah, this I mean, it was the style of story, the style of combat. Eventually, clicked with me, and I, I all of a sudden realized I really liked it. I like the architecture. I liked the like everything. All fell into place, which is. Like this is now final thoughts. See, it's why it's totally not like over the space of like five days playing it. It had already cemented itself in my greatest games of all time list. You know, like it's right there at the top because it's so yeah. enjoyable. And even though I've platinumed it, normally I'm like you. A platinum means that's it. I don't need to play. I'm it. done. I'm done. Yeah. But I'm still sitting there and I'm side-eyeing it and I'm like messaging Luke going, Luke, <laughs> I'll jump on and I'll do a few bosses with you. I'm on the subreddit because I really enjoy it and I will, I'll play through the whole thing again, no doubt. 
Um, not after my wee foray into that speed running. I'm not doing that again. That was just a bit silly. But I really do enjoy it. Um, um, the the I I think Souls games because they all have this like every single one of them. This is their brand of story. I'm super looking forward to Elden Ring too. But um, I think this shares something in common with other games that have super good writing. And I don't think this has super good writing. Like there's a lot of vagaries due to word choices that there doesn't have to be. But because I, I guess you'll have some people that read the game in Japanese and then go, no, that's actually, it actually means, you know, closer to this. So some of it on our end is up to the translation choices, which is fine. I, it's not a big deal. But I like how everyone in the world talks to you like you're part of the world. Other than uh, Alfred, who explains, oh, hey, here's the healing church because you're new to town. Everybody expects you to be fully aware of what's going on. Nobody's like, so there's this giant spider, you see? His name is Rom. No, it's just like, hey, go take out Rom as if you know what that is. And that, I think, makes huge strides towards pulling you in as a player because, well, I should know what Rom is. How do I figure that out? Kind of thing. Um, uh, one thing I would like to say is FromSoft also tends to use a stable of voice actors. And the lady who plays the doll it has played other characters in the past that have to do with you leveling up. So kind of like the doll's function, but not the okay. same as the doll. And I I don't know what it is about that lady's voice. Whenever I hear that lady's voice, it's just everything is calm, man. I'd listen to that lady read the phone book to me. Um, I Yeah, there's something about the voice. Like even Patches. I hear Patches' voice... I suddenly get, like, nostalgic. I'm like, oh, it's Patches. How's it going to fuck me this time? <laughs> there, there's something cool about that. Um, all right, so my final thoughts. I don't like this game. Like, that's probably going to come as a surprise, considering how much I have uh, been a Boolean about this thing, right? Like, this, this game is amazing. It's great. I don't like it. Uh, I think some of the design choices really, they're like sandpaper on my teeth. Like, the blood vial thing. That doesn't make a lot of sense, and I think that needlessly adds grinding to a game that doesn't need grinding. Uh, I, I The Chalice Dungeons kind of ruined some of the game for me. Uh, on the And we're talking on the front soft curve here. Uh, this is the lowest. Like This is below Demon Souls, it's below Sekiro, it's below everything for me. This is the game that I tried to convince myself to like, like... I've beaten it like six, seven times, man. I, I ripped through this game. But every time I do, by the end of it, I come away going, ugh, 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 ugh. I don't really like this. So this is the first time you'll probably hear me say, I don't like this game. Go buy it. <laughs> like, like the level of quality here is, is ridiculously good. And like Mike said... This was very much the shots fired for PS4. This was the, we're coming out of the gate strong with this. Uh, I don't think the Demon's Souls remaster made near of an impression that this did. Because you have a PS5. And yet you're still not like, oh, I'm going to go from Bloodborne to the Demon's Souls remaster. Um, you're more like, okay, can I play more Bloodborne now? Yeah, which is it's really bad. And, and I do have... Like we've said before, I do have a critical path of games that I'm now going to play that will get me through to, yeah. you know, um, Demon Souls. Uh, that was your suggestion, actually, adding that. So I, I will do it, but I just, 
I don't, I'm not, oh, I keep feeling like I'm not quite ready to let go of it yet because it made such a big impact. Now you know what we've all felt for like a decade now when we all first played Dark Souls and we're like, but I don't want to play Skyrim. I don't want to play Red Dead Redemption. Yeah. I just want to play Dark Souls. Um, I- yeah, there is, there is a grip that th- these games get on you where it feels so satisfactory. Let's be fair though, Greg. I mean, it's no Monster Hunter. I mean, let's just be fair here. I did, um, I, like, we made that, like, when we started playing Monster Hunter again for that brief moment where we had a flurry of playing it, I had played Bloodborne, and I swear I am much better at Monster Hunter now than I was before I played Bloodborne. <laughs> oh, yeah, these games train you. It is super cool. Yeah. Like, like, that's also why I'm curious to do Ninja Gaiden, yeah. is because I remember struggling so hard with that, and now it's like, I got some souls under my belt. Mm-hmm. I wonder how this is going to go. Um, okay, so we're going to call it here. We honestly could go on for another hour and a half talking about different aspects of this game. But we're tired. We're old. We're beaten down. We're going to stop. Yeah. So if you've made it this far, like, thanks a ton for listening to us natter on about it. it, it it's really awesome when people do that. Um if you would like to suggest a game, can't necessarily say it will get this kind of treatment, but we'll, we'll definitely play it, take a look at it. You, There is a place you can do so on the website, and you can also differentiate whether you'd like a Retro Rewind or a Bit Effect game. So make sure you note that if you do make a suggestion. Other than that, um, fear the old blood, <laughs> leave a corpse well enough alone, but do say goodbye to the fine people, Craig. Goodbye, fine people, Craig. And we're done. Craig, we're finally done. <laughs>